You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community. Welcome to the Daily Nationalist. This is Matthew Raphael Johnson, and this is going out on January 18th, 2024. Now, this may not surprise you, but I want to give an update concerning what's going on in the International Court of Justice. Now, as you probably know, I don't take that very seriously. However, it has tremendous propaganda value no matter what happens let me let me quote um something from the the opening speech that the south african delegation gave to the icj uh nukachobi you know african names and words are um pronounced exactly as they're written but in this guy's case I don't know what to, you know, so that's, that's a mangled pronunciation, but closing arguments have already been made. This happened and developed very quickly. So but let me quote from his opening uh, statement. Many propagators of grave atrocities have protested that they were misunderstood, that they did not mean what they said, that their own words were taken out of context. I mean, what state would admit to genocidal intent? Yet, the distinctive feature of this case has not been the silence as such, but the reiteration and repetition of genocidal speech throughout every sphere in the state of Israel. We remind the court of the identity and authority of these genocidal inciters, the Prime Minister, the President, the Minister of Defense, Minister of National Security, the Minister of Energy and Infrastructure, members of the Knesset, senior army officials and foot soldiers. The evidence of genocidal intent is not only chilling, it is also overwhelming and incontrovertible. So, probably for the first time, and probably the last time, I'm in full agreement with the government of, of South Africa. And, of course, everything he said is right. Many of you have already come across the quotations from, like, for example, uh, General um, Goria Eland, who... Um, worked for the Israeli Defense Ministry. Actually, he used to be the head of the National Security Council back in November, where he came right out and said that they're going to make sure that there's a severe humanitarian disaster, even mentioning epidemics, because that's how wars are won. He said the only way to bring the war to an end in a way that benefits us, I'm paraphrasing here, is to create conditions that are absolutely hellish. So, the advocate for South Africa in front of the International Court of Justice um, says really what amounts to the obvious. 
Israel has been talking like this about Arabs or their enemies in general um, since at least uh, the ending of, of World War II. So, during the proceedings, of course, this is how it went. And now the Israeli counter-argument the following day, this was only a few days ago, actually it was uh, January 11th, um, and I want to reiterate that the Israelis are not really speaking to the court. I think more than anything else, they're worried about the propaganda value here. That for the first time, you have mainstream people all over the place, not only criticizing Israel, but criticizing the United States uh, for aiding, and then of course the action that just took place against the um, uh, Houthi Yemenis. Now, there's multiple lawyers working both sides, but um, one of the defenders, actually there are several defenders of, of Israel there of um, that are Jewish, but, but were born and raised in, in Britain. Their arguments were awful, and I, and I want to submit that they're not used to having an answer for this kind of thing. They're not used to, um, the, usually they just censor and ignore but they can't do that in this case. And as, as is so often the case, when you live in that sanitized environment, like most, you know, journalists or academics, you get soft. You know, in, in total, uh, you know, contrary to, to how we are. But it shouldn't surprise you. I mean, the Germans have also recently offered to defend, to send lawyers. It's, it's too late now. And they actually, I thought this was a rumor, but it is true that immigrants to the UK will be asked what they think about the conflict. I'm sorry, to Germany will be asked what they think about the conflict. And if they are anti-Israel in any way, they will not be allowed in. And that's a, a mixed blessing. And so many of these people coming in are, are Islamic. Uh, I suppose they can just lie, but apparently this is now a, a priority. But Zionism is a settler, colonialist uh, system in the worst possible way. Um, so, and this is, you know, the heart of, of the South African argument. Um, now, the South African government uh, representatives there focus really on the Palestinian Health Ministry and the World Health Organization. They cited the UN they cited everybody who is taken seriously in the so-called international community. It's really hard to rebut what they had to say. And I think it was either last week or the week before I detailed some of the claims in the South African um, claim. Now, I have a theory as to why it was South Africa. Um, there's been some speculation. Why them? Uh, apart from them being a part of BRICS, it's also because the white government, um, the last actual functioning government in, in South Africa, did trade, even under sanctions, with, with the Israelis, especially in the military uh, uh, arena. So um, I think that's, that's my theory anyway. But um, the South Africans, as of the 11th or the 10th, when this speech was made, that 23,000 civilians 
had been killed in Gaza. And, and I think that's a, a lowball estimate. The destruction of public institutions is a direct result of the actions of the IDF. And of course, the U.S. has to be on the hook here. The entire three million or whatever's left of those in, on Gaza are in peril. Their very existence is at stake. So another lawyer uh, with an Arabic-sounding name for Israel said that um, South Africa contends that Israel has transgressed Article 2 of the Geneva Convention by committing actions that fall within the definition of acts of genocide and that the actions show a systemic pattern of conduct from which genocide can be inferred. And he has, um, and of course this is completely denied, Adila Hassin, which is another one of the um, lawyers for South Africa, uh, mentioned that this is one of the heaviest conventional bombing campaigns in the history of modern warfare. And the point is, is that this can't be chalked up to self-defense. They can't claim that it's Israel's defending itself. And occupiers, aggressors, can't be placed on, on the same level of those who are being forcibly removed. There is a video out of the IDF torturing prisoners. So needless to say, Netanyahu refers to Hamas as torturing civilians. And that uh, Gaza is simply the largest open-air prison in the world. Now, Vusi Medoncela, who is one of the ambassadors to the Netherlands, um, which, of course, is relevant here, this is what he said. In our application, South Africa has recognized the ongoing Nakba of the Palestinian people through Israel's colonization since 1948, which has systemically and forcibly dispossessed, displaced, and fragmented the Palestinian people, deliberately denying them their internationally recognized inalienable right to self-determination and their internationally recognized right of return as refugees to their towns and villages in what is now the state of Israel. Now, the South African case um, also mentioned the first evacuation order, which was October 13th, and it required the evacuation of over a million people, including those you know, children, the elderly, the sick. And Hassim, who is um, one of the lawyers for South Africa, uh, said this, entire hospitals were required to evacuate even newborn babies in intensive care. The order required them to evacuate to the north, uh, the north to the south within 24 hours. The order itself was genocidal. It required immediate movement, taking only what they could be, that could be carried while no humanitarian assistance was permitted. It was clearly calculated to bring about the deliberate destruction of the population. And as that's being said, of course, Russia and China have condemned, uh, and they're members of the Security Council, the recent military attacks on the, the Houthis, which chances are will do nothing. They're sending one and two million dollar missiles to try to intercept, you know, ten thousand uh, dollar drone to the U.S. and Britain are enabling this mass dislocation injury and, and, and not to mention the underdevelopment. All of this, by the way, fits the UN's definition of what genocide is. 
in the Israeli context, um, the rhetoric has been purely symbolic. The Israelis claim that this is just Islamic terrorism is the enemy, not the people of Gaza, but of course the actions don't match any of this. The civilian deaths are regrettable, you know, or some other type of um, uh, weaseling out of this, but of course this is all Hamas's fault. On January 12th, and this shouldn't surprise anybody, you know, the, the ICJ is a 15-judge panel headed by an American, you know, it shouldn't surprise you, but it's unfortunate. 15 judges, last I checked the list, they're a mix of first and, and third world. There's someone from Somalia there, someone from Russia there, though he has an Armenian name. Of course, Israeli begin, uh, Israel begins to rebut what South Africa says by you know, with contempt, the blood libel by South Africa and its application to the International Court of Justice. So they're simply dusting off their their old rhetoric. And, of course, they say, well, South Africa is now collaborating with a terror group that calls for the destruction of Israel. Netanyahu, who was not actually at the court, um, but he did say Israel lives in an upside-down world. Israel is accused of genocide while it is fighting against genocide. Murderous terrorists who carried out crimes against humanity. Elon Levy, um, who's a spokesman for, for the Zionist entity, said that we are innovating ways to uphold international law. But they keep saying that this war is against Hamas, not against the people of, of Gaza. So innovation is a way to rationalize this. Now, you do have some Israeli lawyers who, um, one from the Israel Democracy Institute that says, yeah, you have all of these ministers calling for the quote-unquote immigration of Palestinians, and that's not helpful to the case. Um, so the Israeli defense teams, their submission just and as many writers have already said, a distinct air of unreality. Uh, Tal Becker, who was one of the legal advisors to the uh, foreign ministry, said that the best strategy, and this is what they followed, is to return to the Holocaust as unique and unspeakable, uniquely linked to the fate of the Jews. In other words, Jews could not, they're simply incapable of committing um, similar acts. South Africa, um, you know, um, has started a, a at least a propaganda movement here. Um, so, you know, and given Jewish ownership of the media, this is hardly an even match. You know, Western audiences kind of assume that if you're fighting Israel, you must, by definition, be a terrorist. And there's something else Becker said. Again, the, the defense seems to be aimed at the Anglo-American world rather than these judges. Um, Becker said that the genocide convention was not connected in any way to address the brutal impact of intensive hostilities on the civilian population, even when the use of force raises very serious issues of international law and involves enormous suffering and continuing loss of life. So then what did the genocide convention refer to? And it refers to, according to him, it was meant to address a malevolent crime of the most exceptional severity. 
And that's a comment, officially a part of the Israeli defense, that is worth discussing. What does exceptional mean? Well, if it's, it has to be a reference to Jews. It's meant to deal with the Holocaust and anything like it. They are an exceptional people, according to them. But this has nothing to do with warfare. That is to say, it has nothing to do with what the IDF is doing, only what is done to them. There's another lawyer representing Israel, Christopher Staker, who said the inevitable fatalities and human suffering of any conflict is not itself a pattern of conduct that plausibly shows genocidal intent. In other words, massive butcheries does not imply the mental state that would want to exterminate a, a race. Uh, Staker, you know, of course, condemned the South African approach, and he said, uh, we're going to condemn it because it would stop Israel defending its citizens. More citizens could be attacked, raped, and tortured by Hamas, and provisional measures would prevent Israel from doing anything. Yet, as I've already mentioned, I um, and when I publish this on, on my Patreon, you'll see uh, the quote, I'm sorry, the, the video, uh, which is on global research, um, of the ITF uh, tortures. I'm sure it's been taken off. It's on YouTube at all. I'm sure it's been uh, removed. So Becker says that South Africa has a profoundly distorted factual and legal picture. The entirety of its case, he says, on deliberately curated, decontextualized, and manipulative description of the reality of current hostility. Yeah, Becker, again, they're not used to any criticism. And so they just engaged in this in this purely emotional rhetoric that said, if you're criticizing here, you are, and this is a quote, delegitimizing Israel's 75-year existence just in its opening presentation, meaning South Africa's opening presentation. He said it's erasing Jewish history and excising any Palestinian agency or responsibility. And that's been this emotional weapon that they've used for decades. Anyone who judges the state's actions in a bad light, by definition, wants to wipe out the world's Jews. Again, assuming the media will take care of the rest. Another one, one of the more obnoxious of the Israeli um, lawyers is Malcolm Shaw. Um, and he took issue with the far broader claim, and in this case, Becker may be, may be right, that Israel has engaged in, not just in this war, but its history is one of dispossession and oppression of the Arabs, essentially a Nakba lasting almost 80 years. So to condemn this and to say that this isn't true, you're, you have to deny then decades of politicians and military officials in Tel Aviv talking about that that's exactly what they're doing. I mentioned, I quoted uh, a chunk of the opening statement from South Africa saying that this, this is an easy case to make. So Shaw said we can't talk about Israeli history, only the attack on October 7th. And he said that's the real genocide in this, in this situation. And again, just like above, Shaw says the term genocide is in fact sacred. It's so singular, it can only be, and he doesn't say this, but it's strongly implied it can only be applied to Jews or um, 
um, their allies. In other words, it could still be brutal, but it can't be genocidal, despite the fact that part of their defense is saying that the invasion was, in fact, genocidal. You know, I talk about projection a lot, and it's so blatantly here. It's not just, you know, the Talmudic idea that Jews uh, have contact with the divine, Gentiles don't. Uh, and what they mean by divine is in the, it is in the Kabbalah. Um, but also the fact that, that they, you know, they know what's happening. The government of Netanyahu knows exactly what it's doing. We could go on and on and on. I know Michael Hoffman did it recently. You know, hundreds of quotes just since October. And keep in mind, too, and this did not come up, I think it was, you know, mentioned, uh, you know, briefly, but the settler movement in the West Bank, now that everyone's looking at Gaza, has become absolutely more obnoxious than normal. And Arabs being killed and removed, they're going to take the entire thing. Um, but the argument from the Israeli lawyers has been that Israel's not capable of genocide because we defined what genocide is. Actually, this is a quote from him, believe it or not. If claims of genocide were to become the common currency to our conflict, the essence of this crime would be diluted and lost. Now, he's right in the sense that, um, um, you know, the, the word is thrown around. You know, in Yugoslavia and everywhere else, genocide is constantly being mentioned. I don't recall the Israelis complaining at the time in Rwanda or anything else like that. But here, he's coming very close to simply coming out and saying, this only applies to us. This is the Holocaust. And the Holocaust was mentioned many times in, um, in Israel's defense. Now, Gilead Noam, who, um, closing uh, the, the defense, so this is very recently, um, claims that the South African government itself is beyond and above the law, whose population has become infatuated with destroying an entire population. But what makes Israel this defense, you know, remarkable is that its government claims to operate within a world of laws, which is, you know, in terms of hyper-legalization and redefining terms, you might as well not have any laws at all. You know that famous tweet, it was um, October 17th, 2023, and this did come up. It was deleted, but that's still easy to find. Uh, it said, this is a struggle between the children of light and the children of darkness, between humanity and the law of the jungle. Now that was deleted, but it came up, because nothing ever actually goes away. So nothing in their defense was new. This is aimed at journalists, not these these judges. They're essentially repeating Netanyahu and press releases from the IDF. Now, good news is that there have been several criminal complaints, including one to Scotland Yard, from the International Center of Justice for Palestinians, ICJP. And they handed everything over to the Metropolitan's, Metropolitan Police's War Crimes Unit, which I didn't know existed. Now, the difference between what this group is doing, the director is named uh, Taya Bali, um, 
and the South African one. South Africa, South Africa has many, many footnotes and and statistics from all of the, this one um, interviews a lot of witnesses. So there's witnesses in in the South African one too. But Ali says this is just the first tranche of evidence, and that you know. So this is mentioning names. This is mentioning you know actual IDF people and Arabs who are talking about uh, what's going on, including. Uh, those commentators who continue to support war, uh, war crime. So this uh, was submitted to the Metropolitan Police, I should say, because there's British citizens involved in this and they need to be arrested. It implicates not just Israeli politicians, but private British citizens. You have plenty who've traveled abroad, you know, the Jews and, uh, and mercenaries, to fight within the IDF. Um, the former prime minister, Boris Johnson, went, went ape for this. He said, oh, this is the politicization of the police force. And yet it's been done before. But the police have stood firm and said, we are obligated to do this under the Rome statute, they quote. Because it does involve uh, British subjects. Now, I've read this thing. It's 80 pages. And it's, it adds detail to the South African case. Um, tons of photographs and eyewitness account after eyewitness account after eyewitness account, including from British citizens who were there or have family members there, and they, they can uh, they report back. Now, at the moment, the names are confidential, but the police have them. Um, there's one, um, a former primary school teacher who was killed alongside 20 relatives in northern Gaza, no survivors there. Um, another one said his friend's brother, a doctor at um, uh, Al-Sifa Hospital, only learned that his wife and three children were, were killed when he found their bodies in the hallway in the hospital. These bedridden people, one uh, 91-year-old, allegedly shot and killed by Israeli soldiers when they occupied the home where she was sheltering. And that's in um, Jabalia uh, refugee camp. Of course, it also mentions, and this is, uh, South Africa says this too, white phosphorus. Um, so, and then they, uh, again, quote the 24,000 figure uh, Palestinians who have been killed up until that. Again, I think it, it, it's much, much higher than that. And of course, they don't include the West Bank. So the complaint they submitted to the police agency that you have British ministers responsible for aiding and abetting war crimes. Even moral encouragement, which is connected, by the way, to the genocide statute, the UK weapons, UK intelligence. And they say that it fails to respect the principles of distinction and proportionality and target civilians. And you have UK lawmakers that this complaint, and the police are following through at least for now, who are supporting this kind of thing. Now, the majority of those mentioned in the complaint, which they have not revealed quite yet, they live in Israel. But they also mention officials who travel frequently and people involved in aiding and abetting Zionism, not just now, but in the past. And this, of course, is connected with... Um, with what's happening at, at the uh, ICJ. Um, 
And this is not just a matter. Now, a guy named uh, Hedi uh, Yikstal, who was the head of the international law at the very large, uh, the 33 Bedford uh, Road Chambers, which is a large legal advice and uh, representation firm, does a lot of pro bono stuff. They, of course, were involved in this submission to Scotland Yard. Says, well, it's not just genocide here. We're talking about a, a range of alleged war crimes. They don't want to just repeat what the South Africans were doing because this was happening at the same time. So a ruling from that court wouldn't really impact anything, but it would help the police. Um, the Middle East Eye, who I've quoted many times before, they are engaging in, quote, conversations with the, with the police that there's no real time frame here. But the investigation is continuing. So these are two separate investigations. The ICJ itself doesn't really have anything. Um, and, you know, at most, a loss in this court would be a propaganda defeat, but that's it. It would not affect uh, Western Europe and the U.S. Now, keep in mind, though, that the Human Rights Act of 1998 was designed, which is still in force, to standardize British law with that of international law, including the laws of war. So yes, a war crime in this case would be a direct contravention of British law. Um, even even though, uh, even after Brexit, it didn't matter. It's still the case. Uh, the Prime Minister, by the way, he used to work for Goldman Sachs, Rishi Sunak, which is absurd. And back in October, he told the uh, Netanyahu, that he was proud to stand with you in Israel's darkest hour as your friend. We will stand with you in solidarity. We will stand with your people, and we want you to win. So this, you know, it never even occurred to me that the nature of British law is such that it is a violation of domestic law to assist uh, in any kind of uh, genocidal or um, uh, war crime abroad. But as this is going on, of course, it's being condemned everywhere, uh, simply saying that this is just the legitimate right of Israel to defend itself. And that certainly is in the bounds of international humanitarian law. The other thing is, if this succeeds, which I don't think it will, but if this succeeds, there'll have to be embargoes in place because their you know, license application um, are based at least in part on on following the law in this respect. Um, so again, this is a propaganda victory, if absolutely nothing else. Um, so even, it doesn't matter who you are, if you've been, even mainstream news since October 7th, it's really hard to deny, despite all the bias, what's happening over there. The, the reprehensible acts of, of a, a genocidal regime. Now, the very day the South Africans did their opening speech at the ICJ, the Israelis came out and said there are no such things as innocent people in Gaza or the West Bank. Only the guilty are deserving of slaughter, while everyone is. And that's because they voted for Hamas almost unanimously, which was a, a, a UN-monitored election. And therefore, they have empowered Hamas, and therefore, they are guilty. Therefore, they can be killed. 
Therefore, according to the Jews, they are human animals. The initial responses to the ICJ case in the press, of course, don't give a whole lot of reason to be hopeful. The elites, of course, are long since muzzled. They're told what to say. Um, and the Israeli lobby hasn't even begun to bring its power to bear on this. Now, the ICJ has never judged any country uh, guilty of, of genocide. And so there's not a lot of hope here. The president um, is Joan Donahue, president of the ICJ, who's actually the, the chairman of, of these hearings, was a legal advisor to Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State under Obama. She's just a U.S. appointee. In fact, Donahue was placed in the world court in 2010 by Hillary. So this whole thing is is probably not going anywhere. She takes her instructions from Washington. Clearly, there's a conflict of interest, which very few people have bothered to mention. So the takeaways here are the fact that Israel really isn't defending itself in the court. It's using rhetoric and emotion. And I think it's largely because they aren't used to this. And not, or at least they're not used to this in a very public forum. Anyone could download it, South African. And now the Palestinian report to the Metropolitan Police. There can be no question at this point. And as I mentioned in the beginning, the South African opening statement, usually leaders who commit war crimes or, you know, genocidal, whatever the term is, they deny everything. They don't say a word. Oh, I've taken out of context. In the Israeli case, when they're screaming this from the housetops, how can they possibly claim self-defense? The rhetorical dehumanization from really both parties, but certainly from the Netanyahu government, are, are right there for everyone to see. Hundreds of quotes. So at most, it'll be a propaganda victory. And... Um, I have a feeling the Metropolitan Police is going to be squashed, but, you know, I've been wrong in the past. I think the Israeli lobby is just now um, mobilizing itself for long-term action and damage control. I can't say I'm shocked with the Israeli approach to its defense, um, since it's purely rhetorical. You don't have the same rules of evidence that the ICJ, that we've made fun of it on this show many times before, but... Um, it doesn't have teeth. So how far this goes, it really at this point doesn't matter a whole lot because these things are now publicly available for anyone. There's no excuse. Anyone supporting the Zionist regime is criminal, in my opinion, at this point. Thank you, guys. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community.